Hi, you're listening to the Coding Black Females podcast, where we'll be sharing recordings of our events and inspirational stories and discussions from black women in tech. Today, we've got Janika John and Siobhan Baker, who are both developers. Hey guys, how are you? Hey. 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 We should say, hey ladies, like, hey guys, we're women in tech, right? So we should say it in that way, but it's fine. Um, So we're really excited. What we're going to do today is have a conversation about community and about the communities that we're all involved in. So Janika John, she is the founder of Women in Tech Caribbean and Siobhan Baker is part of the leadership team for Coding Black Females and I'm the founder of Coding Black Females. Really, really excited to come together today and talk about a bit about our origin stories, but also, you know, what we're doing and what we're trying to do for the community as well. So, guys, thank you so much for joining today. Super excited to have you. Um, Obviously, if I try to introduce you, I doubt I would do it justice. I doubt I'd cover you guys in the right way. So let me know a bit about you. Janika, um, introduce yourself. Let people know who you are. Yes, so hi everyone. I'm Janiko John. I am originally from St. Vincent de Grenadines, but I moved to Brussels, Belgium about five years ago. Um, And I'm a software engineer, or more specifically a front-end engineer at my company, Mediagenics. Um, And I'm also the founder of Women in Tech Caribbean. Amazing. And Siobhan, a bit about you. Yeah, so I'm Siobhan Baker. I'm also a software engineer. Um, I do full stack development and I work with 8th Light, who are a software development consultancy. Um, I've been in tech for about three years, but programming for two of those. Uh, So prior to that, I was doing community management with an organisation, trying to get more women into tech and then kind of caught the bug myself (laughs) and uh, (laughs) leaped into programming much deeper. Um, As well as that, I do a bit of volunteering as a STEM ambassador and mentoring as well. Oh, wow. So you do a lot then. I love love the fact that loads of women are trying to get more women into tech. I think it's absolutely amazing. Um, So what I was going to say, a bit about me as well, I don't normally tell people that much about myself, I don't think. Um, So I'm a software engineer as well, and I've been in the industry for about 10 years. And again, just really, really keen to see more women in tech, more black women in tech. Um, hadn't really met any black women in tech until about three years ago. Now I know about a thousand black women in tech, or at least I've touched base with them. So absolutely amazing. So what is um, Women in Tech Caribbean? Why did you start it? Yes, yeah, so right now we're focused on being on Slack, and we're mostly on Slack. Um, mm-hmm. And we're a Slack community that's open to anyone who identifies as being Caribbean. So you could be of Caribbean descent or Caribbean heritage, um, and also as a woman in the tech space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds kind of general, but people so far has been able to have been able to say like, okay, no, I am a Caribbean woman in tech, and I belong in this space. And the reason why I started it is actually because me, myself, as a woman in tech, similar to you, uh, Charlene, I felt like I didn't really know that many uh, Caribbean women in tech or women in tech in general. Mm -hmm. And I found myself attending a lot of events just to like network and meet more women and so forth. And I would often post about these events. And as my people in my circle saw, hey, uh, she's interested in women in tech, Anytime they saw an opportunity, they would send it to me. So my inbox would be flooded with like scholarship for this, a conference, this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm only one person. I can't attend everything. And I thought, you know, it would be great if I could kind of 
sum all these links together mm-hmm. and put them in a central place. So at first I started looking to see if something like that already existed with the audience already that I could just drop these links in and say like, hey guys, you know, someone sent me this thing and I couldn't find one. And so I decided, let me just make one. Let me try to make one, try to connect all of us, have this central space and see, you know, even more opportunities probably spread. And that's how it was born. Oh, I love that. I love that. Born out of a need that you had yourself and also to share resources. Like, I, I think that's so important. Like, I remember when I was setting up Coding Black Females, one of the key things, one of the bits was, you know, I want to meet other Black women in tech. But then I also had seen Hidden Figures the night before and I was like, if there's any Black woman who is in technology who hasn't seen this film, I want to tell them about it. Like, it's really important. And I remember when I first started, like, really wanting to I was, I remember calling my mum and just saying, you know, I want to make this little like card series of black women in tech so that I can have meetups and just hand them out to people and say, here, like, look at these black women in tech, look and see what people are doing so that people would get excited. So yeah, fantastic. Love that. So Siobhan, you've obviously joined the leadership team. You've been doing loads of awesome stuff for us, like to try and support black women and get more black women in. What is it that made you want to get involved in doing stuff in the community it sounds like you've been involved in the community for a while so what is it like what made you want to do that oh that's an interesting question um I think for me I've kind of had similar experiences to both of you not specifically in tech but just growing up being someone that's um always been interested in entrepreneurship wanting to run my own business one day Um, and tended to go to a lot of different seminar events, um, business events, and typically found that in those spaces, I wasn't seeing very many people who looked like me. Mm. Um, And now coming into the tech scene and really appreciating the opportunities that there are and how much tech is touching our lives in different ways, it just kind of brings together that want to see more people of various different backgrounds in the right places and being part of the conversations that are shaping how technology is going to move forward. And so that's kind of the really driving motivator for me. I love that. I think when I do a lot of the calls with people, they're like, I think the fact that they know that your heart's in it for the right reasons, that's what makes companies want to work with us. That's what makes people want to see the passion, if you know what I mean. I think that's so exciting. So to say a bit about Coding Black Females, like we've got, um, we do quite a lot of events. I think one of our focuses is having visibility. We want people to see the black women that are in tech that are doing awesome stuff. I love seeing people do public speaking. Siobhan, I know you do loads of it. Janika, I know you do it as well. And it's so good to see people do that and see those black faces, those black women on stage saying that this is me, I'm in my space, I'm owning it. And I'm talking about technical stuff or I'm talking about how I got into this. And it's all about inspiring other people. And I absolutely love, love, love seeing it. It gets me really excited. Like it keeps me up at night with excitement. It's absolutely amazing. So (laughs) probably have a problem. Like I may need to think about that, but yeah, whatever. (laughs) Um, So I guess what I was really excited about was almost the origin story of you two. So there's like the, um, you know, how you got into tech or whatever, but how you both met. I really, really like that. So I always talk about that. What was it? The women driven, no, the Google event, wasn't it? And I always tell people like, you know, that was an event we had like 20 black women from coding black females there. And it was absolutely amazing. So how did you guys actually meet? Because I think it's really keen that we met each other as communities. How did that happen? 
Yeah, so Siobhan, you want to <laughs> give your impression of how it went? Um, yeah, I, I think it went really well. So um, we both uh, spoke for the community section of um, Women Tech Makers event for International Women's Day mm -hmm. uh, at a Google building. And um, I can't remember how I found out about the event. I think it was one of those things where, you know, you're on lots of different mailing lists, you're part of, part of lots of communities and you hear about events, you're like, oh, that looks really interesting, I'll sign up. And then they did a follow-up where they, they wanted kind of some community speakers. And it was kind of in two minds about whether to apply or not, but thought, yeah, let's, I'm going to go for it. I'd, I'd, um, I'd really be keen to kind of um, take part in that. Yeah. And then was selected and we had a call where the three of us met together with the organisers and that was um, how um, myself and Janika met. And it was so funny because um, my mum's side is from Karakou and you can see St. Vincent from Karakou. So yeah. I kind of felt like I had this instant connection. And <laughs> I remember funny. following up afterwards with an email saying, oh my gosh, oh, tell me more about Women in Tech Caribbean. Um, and that was kind of how we, we got connected. Oh, amazing. So you both did talks there, right? What, was, what were your talks on? Janika, what did you talk about? So um, I spoke about the community, the mm -hmm. Caribbean Women in Tech community. Uh, much like Shaban, I also saw the follow-up email after I applied to first attend and was accepted. I saw the follow-up email, you know, about speakers. And just like Shaban, I was thinking, hmm, should I do this? I mean, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people there because I had attended some um, of these Google events before. Yeah. Um, and then I just applied and I gave my story and the more I spoke to the organizers, the more I knew or realized that they wanted to hear about women in tech Caribbean, um, more than anything else. And so I kind of, uh, turned the talk around and based it really on that community, mm -hmm. which is funny because honestly, I have to be honest at the time I had started working on women in tech Caribbean. Uh, you know people were joining things were going but when google placed value on the community it meant something a bit extra yeah. it meant to me that you know this is something that i i saw the value of and they also see the value of because i have to be 100 percent honest that when i started it i did get uh some pushback Mm -hmm. from people in the Caribbean and it made me adult myself a bit like is this really needed is this something I should really do um but yeah after that point I really started like pushing more and you know doing more activities and getting more involved in the community itself yeah I find that fascinating what you say about the pushback bit sorry Siobhan I think I just jumped in there didn't I yeah um so I think that pushback thing when I was setting up Coding Black Females the amount of people that were like, why would you do that? Like, why would you either exclude men or why would you make it only be for um, black people? Why is it only black women? That's just not fair. And I was like, but this is something I need. And so I did it anyway. And I just ignored people. And it's that thing of there's some people that are like, there's real value in this. Like what you're doing is actually a really, really good idea. And I was like, oh, I don't know. So I didn't tell anybody for the first like year and a half. I didn't really tell anyone that I was doing it. I was like, I'm not going to tell work. I'm not going to tell my friends. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm going to keep this as a little secret thing. Now that we've told people, it's actually like, it's so useful. Like people find it 
fantastic. So 100%. I mean, I have the same, it's so crazy to me because I look at coding black females as such a developed, you know, mature organization. And to hear you say that you had such a similar experience is really inspiring for me because that's exactly what happened to me in the beginning of this this thing i for me i thought you know i see the value so much of course everybody else would and then the first couple times i started posting about it i got Mm -hmm. this kind of pushback so yeah it's so important i think to ignore people as you say but i didn't have that in me at the time i think (laughs) i i hear that yeah ignore them and yeah when people say things that are uncomfortable or when you have to try to explain why black why female why code why coding I'm the like, funny but- thing is, <laughs> I, I never had to explain it to the people who I was actually geared towards which was another reason why I probably should have mm-hmm. ignored the noise in the beginning I was always explaining it to the people who are well not women in tech in the Cur- well they were in the Caribbean but the people who are not women in tech yeah Absolutely. It's, int- yeah, it's people on the outside. They don't always get it um, until they do. And then you're like, oh, okay, now it's worth it. Have you, so Siobhan, like you've been doing the community type stuff for a while, mm-hmm. um, both with coding black females, you know, with women-based groups as well beforehand. Did you see any of that, that sort of pushback and then have to explain it? Like, do you know how to explain that sort of stuff away? What's your experience with it? <laughs> Um, yeah, I have definitely seen that, definitely seen pushback, um, especially when it comes to kind of women. So, uh, for example, uh, where I was working before, we would teach coding courses and some of those would be at universities. And then, you know, we get a bit of pushback sometimes from other students in the in the university saying, well, why can't I attend this thing? Why? Why is this specifically for this group? Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes it's kind of being armed with some of the stats for why this group needs that additional support, um, pointing out what groups there are that, re- that exist for um, other individuals who are interested, and kind of just trying to steer the appreciation towards here are the uh, amount of opportunities that exist out there that you could take part in, um, here's why these groups maybe aren't as supported and why we've then set this up yeah. um, to support and help them. Um, it's not always easy. I do think there's an element of when you know that there's buy-in from the community that you're trying to support and there's reasons behind why you set it up for that group, it's really just steering towards focusing on what they need and, and pushing forward with that and understanding sometimes challenges because you're doing something good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and that kind of just be motivated to keep going. Yeah. It's funny that like when I, I remember we started getting some um racist messages online and I was like, Mum, we're getting racist messages. And she's like, You really you've made it. And I was like, What what do you mean? <laughs> she's like <laughs> She's like, as soon as people start saying bad things about you, it means you're doing something right. Mm. So you take those bad messages and you make sure that you know that that means you're doing the right thing. And I was like, okay, that, that's a good way to look at it. And then the next one, I was like, mum, look, we did it again. We got another racist message. And she was like, well done. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if we should be happy about this. But it's definitely about figuring out how to turn it around, I think, and know that you're doing something positive. Um, I think maybe it's about outlining what your values are, what you're standing out, what you're standing for at the beginning. Um, and even if it's only serving yourself, sometimes that's probably okay as well. Yeah. 
no, so important. So what is it about these sorts of communities that are important? So Janika, you've sort of mess, like mentioned it a bit about women in tech Caribbean, like there was buy-in from people who were part of that. How has it impacted them? Like, why do you think it's important? What is it doing for them? So the thing about the Caribbean, at least from my experience and my perspective, um, it will be interesting to hear. Interesting to hear how other people feel about it. But this is my opinion. Mm. I think that in the Caribbean, quite often, what happens is that we have pockets of growth in different islands, and some islands get excluded. And I'm from St. Vincent and the Grenadines, which is one of the small islands. And quite often, it's the bigger islands that, um, you know, have a lot of impact, have things growing. So, for example, some islands might have um, tech events, conferences, these types of things. And someone in St. Vincent who could attend this event might never hear about it. So the funny thing about the Caribbean is that we're divided by water, and I think we take the water and also the problems that we have in terms of like air travel and how expensive it is and we make it create we we this thing creates a bigger gap than needs to be mm -hmm. i think also with the internet and having this group that i saw the opportunity to kind of bridge this gap yeah. And then I think about when I say bridge, I think about it as a met metaphor as well, because we're separated by water. So to have this kind of bridge between the other islands, some of which may already have a very, very active space, mm. and those that don't and to kind of include everybody and kind of spread the opportunity all around. Um, and that was another reason to why it was important to me to find a co-founder from a different island because I really didn't want it to be um, a thing where I say it's Caribbean and then it's just people from the Eastern Caribbean or just people from Saint. I really want it to be as widespread as possible. And this is what uh, tends to happen. And so that's why, to get back to your question, that's why it was so important to have um, this group as well to kind of connect all of us in the Caribbean because like I said, even though we're so close together, sometimes it feels like we're really, really far apart. I can completely understand that. So my family is Jamaican and um, I probably as, you know, as a Jamaican person, like that separation with the other islands is definitely there and the water separation, so many things, you know, and when I travel out there and I'm like, okay, I really want to be able to go to the other islands. It's, it's hard. Like you, The water gap, yeah, that's there. But it's not like you can just fly between them. It's You have to go into America, come back out, and all that sort of stuff. There's those separations. And I wonder if some of that, some of those gaps of like hubs for different things, so tech, whatever, whatever else, is because of the university separations as well, right? So the University of the West Indies, that's like, it's got different campuses on different islands, I think. Maybe that I has to do with it. Yeah, well, I think it's cultural as well. It's something that we definitely have to break. I mean, there's uh, we have to work on breaking. There's a whole history behind why we're so separated, you know, going right back to the history of the Caribbean and slavery yeah. and it being intentionally, you know, done like this. Um, and also failed attempts to unionize, like the Western Indies Federation, for example, which didn't work out, and then now CARICOM, which we're trying. Um, I think I think it goes beyond maybe even something that I can fix, but I think in this section in tech, I saw the opportunity 
to use, you know, something that we're so connected with the internet to try to do what we can do in our situation. Mm-hmm. But um, you mentioned Yui, which is funny because I think Yui is one of the secret weapons that we have in the Caribbean right now in terms of breaking this or bridging this water between us. Yeah. Because actually, before attending Yui, I didn't realize a lot of things. I didn't realize how, how similar we are. I there were things that I grew up with in St. Vincent that I thought, oh, this is vintage and, you know, this is so uniquely us, you know, this is us. Yeah. And I met people from Yui, from islands that I never went to, never visited, and they knew exactly what I was talking about. They could speak my language in terms of dialect and even patois words that I thought were so unique to us. They, <laughs> they use it too. So I, it really opened my eyes and not just myself. A lot of the friends that I made at UWE have the same testimony that UWE really connects us. Um, I don't know how much is happening right now because of the fact that, yes, they're on separate islands, but mm. they used to always have a mix of people from all the different islands, which is what used to really connect us. And I think more and more, again, with this culture, each UWE campus is kind of, separating themselves so now the Mona campus which is in Jamaica as far as I've heard you know they're adding their own uh, faculties so that Jamaicans don't have to necessarily leave Jamaica to go to a different university which is a pity because uh, as I said this was really our strength and you mentioned visiting Jamaica and the islands being so close there was a Twitter thread actually Mm -hmm. where people were saying hello x island from the other island because if you go to the top or the bottom of the islands that are close by, and Shabon mentioned it too, that you could see St. Vincent from Karakou, you could see the other island, and yet it costs like 200, 300 US dollars to visit yeah. it. It's crazy. Yeah. I remember um, going to Cuba, and we were like, maybe we could just swim across. Like, I'm sure we could do it. And we're like, no, let's, let's not try. <laughs> I don't think we should try to swim to Jamaica from Cuba. It's probably not a good idea. But they are really close together. It's, it's mad that it would cost so much to get between them. Um, but that's interesting what you say about Yui, actually. I'd never thought of it in that way. I always thought that it was weird to separate the faculties in that way across islands, but it brings people together. Um, never really even considered that. That's really interesting. I guess it would be good to see what we could do with um with UE at some point it's definitely something I want to do is look at how we can work with the Caribbean in the future so um let's stay connected to make sure we can do that I'm really excited about that definitely this was going to be the year I was going to be um contacting the Jamaican High Commission and being like look I want to do this this is what we need to do and then COVID hit and I was like I feel like they've got bigger problems like I feel like tech isn't the thing to solve right now (laughs) let's just make sure everyone's okay but yeah I think we definitely need to do something definitely so I guess with the community, like Siobhan, you've touched on it, that you were involved in women in tech communities that made you sort of change career and get into this space yourself and do it and love it. How is it supporting your role now? Like how does being in the community, supporting the community, doing public speaking and stuff like that in the community, how does that support your role? How does that make you do it better and excel in it? Hmm. I definitely think one thing about staying active in community and speaking is um, it keeps me mindful of the journey that I've had. Mm. It takes me back to two years ago where I started out as an intern and then I did an apprenticeship and now I'm an engineer and I'm working for clients. But I think kind of connecting back to what it was like to first learn something 
to really be unsure, be on this internship thinking, okay, am I going to make it through these three months? Is this really yeah. going to happen? What's coming next? Um, I think that's a really important thing, that kind of hopefully humility, um, because it keeps you open to sharing that with others so that they can maybe be a little bit further ahead of where you were, were when you started out. Um, and I think the other side of that is that it exposes you to those that are kind of further along the journey than you are um, and kind of helps you to kind of see where do I want to go? Okay, I want to tackle this thing next. Who in my community can I tap into? Who might know a bit about how I can go about doing this or where I can find this resource? Um, so yeah, it absolutely um, helps you at each stage that you're at. That's fantastic. I think it's, it kind of gives you an intersection, doesn't it? So you get an intersection across all of tech within your tech role and you can see a few paths that you don't normally see in an organization. It gives you something that you don't get inside organizations. Absolutely. Like I've definitely found that I don't know, has it done much for my development skills, my software development skills? Probably not because I probably have less time to do software development in the evening, which I probably would really want to (laughs) do. But I think in terms of everything else, the amount of people that I've met who are doing amazing things and who have inspired me to do public speaking when I hate it and to do a bunch of other stuff when I really hate it that now means that I can do leadership type roles, you know? I just think that it gives you it gives you so much more. Have you found that as well, Janika? Definitely, because uh, as I said, when I started Women in Tech Caribbean, the idea was, okay, a lot of people are sending me links. How can I spread this to other people? Mm-hmm. And I never went into it thinking that I myself, it's funny, I, I saw myself as separate from the community I was building, but I ended up being in the community and also meeting amazing people, mm-hmm. you know, making connections and getting opportunities myself. Uh, from doing this community, which is never the way that I saw it at first. It, so it kind of came full circle. Um, and for example, the co-founder, Cherez, yeah. for example, when I was going through, let's say, difficult periods with regards to tech, Shaban, not Shaban, sorry, Cherez actually ended up being the person that I would reach out to because I knew that she would understand and we had WhatsApp conversations where I was just voice noting her for like five, 10 minutes at a time. And she was doing the same. And it was so, it was so necessary and it was such a good process. Mm-hmm. And I think that with her help, I was able to get through these things, like I mentioned. But at first, I never saw, you know, this type of activity as being, as, as providing for me in that way. So definitely. Um- just just to add um to that i kind of had the thought that um you know being in our respective organizations you know going through our own career progression sometimes there might not be individuals who look like you at the the stages that you're trying to get to and that's where community again is really powerful because you see it's possible in the other people in community who are kind of at those levels and above that so it makes it kind of helps to reduce that sense of isolation or where do I go is this a space for me because even if it's not in your respective place that you are at the moment you can see that it is possible just generally yeah yeah definitely yeah it's I mean it's it's really difficult knowing I know that when I started out I was the only black woman in a space which was very white and I didn't it's not that I had a problem with that it was that 
when you have any issues that are tech related or tech in and race related or anything like that there was no one to go to and it was guys I think this this racist thing happened to me today and they're like Charlene it wasn't racist you just need to just need to deal with it it's just banter and I was like oh I just wish I had someone to talk to <laughs> and now it's so good to see that people have that like um and I think automatically what you end up doing aside from like support around you know those sort of things it's you get to, you automatically start doing mentorship you automatically start supporting people and their skills that you might not have at work as well um and they develop you in in a way that I don't even think I really understood I didn't know I had stuff to share with people until I've started like accidentally mentoring and I'm like oh I have <laughs> useful things I actually know some things now <laughs> that 10 years wasn't a waste it's okay so yeah it's it's really really important um one thing that I'm really keen to see people do and see myself do one when I started working I was like I hate doing presentations and one of the first things I did was I went to my manager and said can I do a presentation because I hate them and I want to get better at that I know that you Siobhan especially I've seen you do loads and loads of talks and every week I'll see another thing pop up Siobhan's doing a talk Siobhan's doing a talk so you do loads of public speaking. Why is that important to you? Like, it must be important. Why is that important to you? Yeah, um, I don't know if it's part of the fact that it speaks to the Leo in me being on stage. I don't know if that, <laughs> that is, this is what it is about. Um, but I think uh, I really enjoy storytelling um, and I really enjoy understanding where people are coming from. and as much as it terrifies me every time I put myself forward for something or something, an opportunity comes towards me, I'm kind of like, yeah, that sounds great, let's do it. And then I spend the time <laughs> between saying yes and it happening thinking, why on earth am I doing this? <laughs> but um, I think always at the other side of it, um, there's something that I learn about myself, kind of reflecting, putting that together, talking about my journey or exploring a topic more deeply. Um, and I think there's an opportunity to keep learning. Um, and I think one, one piece of advice that's really stuck with me is that you're always the expert in your own story. Mm -hmm. like you're the expert in your own way of looking at that. And if you can lean into that, um, and share that authentically, there will be things that others can tap into and take from that. And sometimes it's, it's not even the things that you thought were your main points. I think that's what I find really interesting. I love speaking to people afterwards. That's the bit I enjoy the most is when you have a conversation and people have picked up on things that you didn't even think were the things that were, that were the key points. Um, and that gives you a new appreciation for um, that part of, of what you were speaking about. That's so interesting. Cause I think that when I've done, as I'm doing more of it and I talk to people afterwards, um, people come up to me and they're like, Shanine, do you know that when you talked about Code of Black Females, you had a smile on your face that like you I, I've never seen before <laughs> and I think that's when I started to realize it was a passion if that makes sense or like when I was talking about community when I was talking about my love of coding that's when they would see these smiles and I started to figure out what my passion was and then it helped me to go more in that direction I think that there's a lot that can be said about that bit of talking to people afterwards and not running away, which is what I want to do because I don't want people to tell me how bad it was. I'm like, no, if I tell, I can't have them do that. But actually they see a lot that you don't see and that you don't realize. Um, yeah, absolutely. Have you done much of it yourself as well, Janika? 
Uh, in terms of public speaking, for some reason, I have been doing it for quite a while. And I say for some reason, because I feel like it's always by accident. <laughs> like, it's, not, it's almost never I settle like, hmm, what can I speak at today? How can I be on stage today? But um, because I'm always terrified. <laughs> but um, after the fact, I always feel great about sharing my story sharing you know whatever it is that i know or experience and having the conversation uh with people after um and i was going to say something else about about public speaking and now i can't remember what it is <laughs> always happens to me <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no I, I maybe i could go back and give like a small anecdotal story yeah um, of why i say it's always by accident so I accidentally ended up on the Students Guild uh, back when I was uh, going to Cave Hill. Mm-hmm. And I say accidentally because this other uh, guy that I know, Delano, came up to me and he was like, you know, you should apply to be on the Guild. And when I first entered the university, the Guild is like the big student government. Yeah. I never, it was never in my mind. I never thought, oh, I could be on the girl of course not i'm just a small fry these are always people whose parents are like you know in politics or whatever and he was like no 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 you should apply then i ended up applying and there's a part of campaigning where you have to speak in front of almost the entire school (laughs) and it's it's a lot of it's like hundreds of students that attend and not only that they attend with a very um they they come to attack so they always ask the guild candidates, you know, very pointed questions, very harsh questions, and they do it on purpose to kind of mm-hmm. see, feel out like what, what their, their real purpose is or why they really want to be on the guild. And so, yeah, I ended up in this situation <laughs> where I was on stage in front of like hundreds of students, you know, with this kind of atmosphere, making a presentation. And the same kind of thing happened with the, the Google event that I met Shabon at where... I, you know, I was debating, should I apply? Should I not apply? And then I just said, you know what, I'm going to send it. And then I got the acceptance and I was just like, why did I? What's wrong with me? Why do you keep doing this? And so uh, to come back to the point, I have been doing it and I continue to do it. I mean, even an opportunity like this, which thank you, Charlene, for inviting me to be a guest. Um, but I always feel happy afterwards and I always like connecting with people afterwards and hearing them say, um, you know, you know, this really inspired me or Mm -hmm. I really feel like, you know, I could go forward and do this, this and that. And I'm like, yes, exactly. Go for it. And another thing I remember what I was going to say before (laughs) is that when I was on stage at the Google event, I was talking and I heard myself sounding so nervous so scared um and then i came down off the stage and i was speaking with people after and they were like oh you know can you give me some tips in terms of confidence and i was like confidence but i was so nervous and some people told me no but i couldn't i didn't tell i couldn't tell at all like you seem so confident can you help me be confident as well and it comes back to what you were saying with the smile and the realization that sometimes hearing feedback from other people also makes you realize you know that you have something to share or that you there are things that you think oh I'm the worst at this and you're actually you know good at it and you can also help and enrich other people by sharing you know what you know your experience and your skills 
yeah yeah that's that's really valid I love that I've definitely been there before where I'm like this is the worst thing I've ever done like this is appalling and then everyone's like how can we learn from you and I'm like you want to learn from me like <laughs> are, you, are you sure about that <laughs> when I saw that um when I saw the Google event there were so many people in the audience and I, I don't know how you both did it like I, I applaud you completely because that that was a big audience and you totally did so well. Like I didn't attend, but I saw all of the comments about how you did and how it was and how much it inspired people. So you were fantastic. And, and that's the key thing. It's about making sure that we share our stories, that we're on stage, that people can see us so that people at all stages can get inspired and can start telling their stories as well. Like I know I've spoken to people in the past and said, you know, I hate doing it. I'm not doing it again. Why, why do I want to feel that way from the second I say yes to the event? Why do I want to feel like the worst thing in the world? It's just not worth it. But then they're like, it's not about you. It's about everybody else. It's about the impact you can have. And then I'm like, okay, fine. That means I will continue to do it. Thank you very much. But no, how are you finding it now that it's in front of a screen? Do you find it easier or harder? I find it easier for me. Um, I would say a mixture. Mm. I think um, I definitely like the in-person because you get a read of people and you can kind of connect with a few different people in the audience and it's it's harder to do that where you just don't have as much feedback um, yeah. on online. But I also think that there's almost a, a little bit more of a sense of freedom because you are kind of behind the screen. You can kind of just be in the zone and, and, and speak and just go through it. Yeah, I've definitely, I've done one, I did one the other day and I was sat in front of the screen and um, at the beginning she was like, don't worry, what we ask them all to do is turn off their cameras and their mics, so it would just be you. And I'm like, you want me to just talk to my screen <laughs> with no feedback? Because there's something really nice about working with an audience, like you might see a face do a particular thing and you can say, you can talk to them if you know what I mean. And then when you're just talking to yourself in front of a screen or in front of just your slides, it's so weird. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I'm in that two, two mind sort of set as well. For me, like, as I said, I find it easier in terms of nerves. I definitely don't feel yeah. as nervous if it's behind a screen, but I do miss the part of talking to people after because I find that in mm -hmm. these uh, virtual events, people don't necessarily reach out to you. It's funny. One, a talk that I did um, <clears throat> a few weeks or months ago, um, time is all a blur in this quarantine situation. Um, I got feedback from my father because my father sent me a screenshot of something somebody said to someone else. So, so it came along the chain like that and the person never actually reached out to me directly to give the feedback. So that's the part that I miss. But in terms of not like being in front of people makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it, may, it definitely makes me nervous. But I remember the first time I was presenting something in front of a screen and my, my hands got so sweaty that I couldn't use the mouse and I couldn't click the buttons. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like normally, like when you're on stage and you've got a mic or something, you just hold it and it's fine. Like you can hold it and you can, no one can see the shake. But I couldn't click the buttons to change my slides because my hands were so sweaty. Absolutely horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> I had to find a different solution. <laughs> if, we're, if we're talking about um, memories that kind of still 
<laughs> still you still feel it when you reflect on them i remember um with the google talk which i still haven't watched by the way for any talk where they happen to have been recorded i just can't bring myself to kind of watch myself back it just feels really weird to me but um i remember there was a point in the talk where i asked everyone to kind of put their hands up if they'd um switched into tech like if they'd come from a non-computer science background and quite a few people put their hand up and I don't know if I hadn't thought about what I would say whilst I was standing there with my hand up too, but I hadn't kind of thought about that. I either forgot or hadn't thought about the transition. So I just remember going, I'm one of those two. <laughs> In my head, I was like, what was that? What are you going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> they kind of just dropped my hand and carried on. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely yeah. like that. But as um, we keep saying, like you amplify certain parts mm. of your speech that some people don't notice or they see it completely differently than how right. you saw it. Absolutely. It's definitely important. And I try to encourage laser people to do it, even though I hate it. And I'm like, go and do it. And then I tend to see them doing other talks afterwards. And I'm like, yay, like that's really good. Um, and I think that's part of the reason. So um, Code and Black Females have been running this Visible in Tech campaign for since April. So in April, we just started this campaign and it was, let's show the faces of Black women in tech and we're going to write a description about them. And we've been doing it since April and we're still doing it. We're still going strong. We've got like posts that hopefully are going to take us to the end of the year, which I am so excited about. So we're trying to make sure that we see Black women in tech some people don't like public speaking or are all over the world or whatever. And what we've started doing is seeing people share their stories with this um, visible in tech hashtag. And it's just hearing fantastic stories about black women who are doing great things in tech. And I can't tell you, like, I'm absolutely loving it. I'm loving reading the stories. I'm loving seeing um, the sorts of things that people have done and the different levels people are at and, and the fact that people really feel included in something. I remember seeing somebody in Nigeria, she did a post um, as part of Visible in Tech and she was like, I'm finally part of it too, I'm in it too. And I was like, yay, like we're reaching the world now. So exciting. Um, and I think, yeah, Janika, we had a chat a while ago. So Women in Tech Caribbean are going to be joining the Visible in Tech campaign, which I'm super Ooh. excited about. <laughs> Cannot wait. Like, what is it? Why do you guys want to be, in well, I, I know why you'd want to be included. Like, <laughs> I want you in it. Do you, yeah, why do you want to be in it? Why do you want to be part of this? So the reason why it's so important for me uh, or for us as a group to join Visible in Tech and kind of launch Visible in Tech Caribbean is because um, it goes back to what I was saying uh, in terms of the culture in the Caribbean and us, you know, trying to create this Caribbean community um and also increasing visibility so it's actually twofold mm -hmm. where there might be a situation where someone is uh from jamaica or from trinidad let's say and they're quite visible in tech within their island mm -hmm. but for some reason it hasn't spread to other islands um and it goes back to a conversation that i had with kadia uh who is the host of a podcast in jamaica where she was trying to find three caribbean women in tech and she had so much difficulty mm. finding people um, who want to speak. And I'm sure that she's not the only person with that kind of situation. It's just somehow difficult, although we're so uh, small, mm. to find a connection and visibility with all of us. So it kind of compounds on top of, of the campaign that you have in terms of globally, you know, there isn't this visibility 
And then within the Caribbean, between other islands, there's also not this visibility. And it tied in so well with the reason why I wanted to start Women in Tech Caribbean and also why we exist, having this community that connects all the different islands. Um, and we had, a, we had a call because we have uh, these networking calls every month. And we had a call and we were thinking about or trying to brainstorm about how can we make the, the members inside the, the community already more visible. And mm-hmm. I remember I had been seeing this visible in tech campaign on social media, which I thought was amazing. And I said, okay, how can we do something similar for us in the Caribbean? And I said to myself, but you know, I know the founder of this community maybe I should just reach out to her and Charlie you have no idea I was like with my phone pacing up and down like should I should I text her her? (laughs) how do I put this how do I ask this you know how do I put this to her how do I make her understand why I feel like it would be important for us to to have something similar Mm -hmm. how do I and I was so nervous and then I just reached out to you and your response was so positive and even through us talking about like you know how you came up with visible in tech you know why you're doing it i realized even more and more Mm. okay we really should be a part of this campaign because we you know as caribbean people we're like the niche within the niche within the niche yeah it's already it's already so difficult to find women and then women in tech and then further to that black because we are majority black ethnicity, yeah. but there are other ethnicities as well. And then further to that, from the Caribbean, it's like ultimate unicorn. It's <laughs> possible bringing visibility to these people and the people who are already members of our community. To me, it was just, it was obvious that we should participate. Oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited. I can't believe that you'd ever be like wondering what to say to me. People message me and they're like, I hope this is okay. And I'm like, why, why would you wonder? Like, it's fine. <laughs> I was so nervous. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Like, I think we were just, we were really excited that you wanted to be part of it. Um, and we're so excited that this is going to be a thing that we're then doing with Caribbean and then hopefully it's going to expand further as well I love the idea that somebody can just type in visible in tech and then just see loads of black women who are doing amazing things in tech like that just really really excites me it kind of um it was actually because somebody had said to me that she didn't think we were visible she was like we're not visible in we're not visible in tech and I was like what can we do what can we do like we need to do something maybe we should just create a social media campaign so I like I looked at loads of hashtags and I was like we are visible now nah, someone's using that for something else we are this and, and I was like okay visible in tech that works that works so yeah really really excited that we're going to be doing that what else do you think we could do to collaborate like I think that there's definitely scope to do more together I've already said that I want to do things in the Caribbean and I don't know how you're looking at it so you've said that you know you're a lot about sharing resources and getting that community together across across the water um, what do you think what else could we do to collaborate as communities as networks so um yes as you mentioned i think that one thing that i see or how i see women in tech caribbean is not necessarily reinventing the wheel because i know for a fact that there are some organizations already in the caribbean doing great work I think the problem that I really wanted to solve or saw important to solve 
was making these connections because for some reason the reach wasn't the roots weren't spreading as far as they should spread from these organizations that were doing great work um but that being said in terms of collaboration of course well first of all i had to invite you to the community which you are now part of which i'm so happy about (laughs) um um yeah in terms of you know having events as well would be amazing um we are like i said tech so it's more general it's not necessarily just coding but there are definitely people you know developers or aspiring developers who are part of the group who would really love to you know connect or expand their network because being in tech especially as a woman in tech i find that network is one of the most valuable things that you could have aside from your skills yeah um because when it comes to job hunting for example network is everything i mean that's how i got my job in belgium for example networking mm-hmm. um so in terms of you know maybe having events there are a number of people in the community right now who said um i spoke on this stage in the US, for example, and I really want to replicate what I did and do it within the Caribbean. And I think it will be great for us to uh, get something off the ground in terms of, you know, having talks, having events, because at these events mm. is where people tend to network a lot. Um, and the reason why I say that is because, like I said, when I first started the community, I thought, I don't want to reinvent the wheel, I don't want to do any events. I just want, this is how I was thinking back then. Mm -hmm. I just want it to be a group where every single person, every single Caribbean woman in tech is visible, is present. Yeah. And then I realized that it necessarily doesn't exclude events, but actually include events because a member suggested this uh, monthly call. And since we've been having the monthly call, actually talking to each other, actually putting faces to the people that are in the group, the connections have spread, the connections have grown. Then is when I see people saying, oh, but, oh, you are, you're the one doing that? Okay, wait, let's link up. What's your LinkedIn? Let's chat afterwards, after the call. And then I actually see them, you know, having events. Um, so yeah, I say all of that to say, I really think it would be amazing if Women in Tech Caribbean and Coding Black Females could kind of collaborate and do um, maybe something technical and something also Mm -hmm. non-technical for those who are interested in coding within the group because another thing that I find quite often is that attending women in tech events sometimes they focus too much on the non-technical side and I'm a person I love to code I know, show me some code on the screen, like do a deep dive into Docker, like tell me exactly how this works. That to me is an interesting uh, presentation. Mm-hmm. And I've gone to women in tech events where it's just too much fluff. It's too much, um, you know, oh, these are, these are the soft skills that we should have, et cetera, have, et cetera, et cetera. And they don't, they forget that we are technical. Yeah. And they forget that technical side. And I really want to since i experienced that i really want to if i'm planning an event also remember that i am technical i love technical things and there are people who also feel the same way that i do yeah absolutely it's really important to stay technical um i think that we we try and do a mix so we've got some that are focused really hard on coding and then we have because we have a lot of people who are in 
are in like the peripheries of tech, I kind of, peripheries of tech, I shouldn't really call it that, but people who aren't developers, because I'm a developer, I think in a very like coding way. And if they're not doing development, I'm like, well, they're on the periphery of what I do. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's still tech, it's in tech, it's all good. So yeah, like I think that, so we try and do a mix to get both audiences, but definitely, um, I think it'd be really good to do some of those like deep dive workshops like let's get into a particular tech thing together we're going to try to start doing more of that next year so hopefully we'll be able to collaborate on loads of those types of things loads of those things another well, thing yeah oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no i was going to say another thing is that you mentioned that you wanted to do some workshops yourself mm-hmm. if you could also uh, share them with us so that we can know and share them with other people and attend it will also be absolutely okay yeah sorry Siobhan I feel like you were about to say something (laughs) yeah um, just to I think particularly at the moment in this time of a lot of things being online it's a really great opportunity opportunity (laughs) to be where you are but also have access to um lots of resources that don't mean you have to travel to an event or you can't access it because you're not physically there um I think for me, uh, as someone who I've got both Caribbean and African heritage and have been lucky enough to be able to travel to both of those places, I've been to the Caribbean since 2015, been trying to go every year. And for me, I love going there. I love experiencing the culture and the lifestyle. And I feel it would be great for young people or people there who are interested in certain careers feeling empowered to do that from home and not feeling necessarily like they have to leave and yeah. um, get access to better opportunities. So I think anything where people can be based at home, getting those skills and then thinking about, okay, how do we solve problems in our own communities using these skills that we've gained would be the ultimate kind of, I don't know what the right word for it is, but it would be just something that would be great to see, I think. That sounds fantastic, actually. So maybe what we could do is like um, a series of workshops to learn new skills. And then, but with that, like present like one word problems. Like maybe we're like, there is, I can't think of problems off the top of my head, but like one word, like, or one sentence, like this is a problem. How would we solve it? And also go through that process of, okay, so we would think of it in this way. And this is how you could solve it. And then people could start applying that to other things. Mm-hmm. That could be really well. That could work quite well, actually. I really like that, Siobhan. Yeah, let's do that. Let's try and, um, let's try and change the entire world. Just one <laughs> workshop at a time. <laughs> I'm all about world domination. Absolutely. <laughs> I swear people think I'm crazy when I'm like, well, of course, we're going to be taking over the world soon. So and they're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's literally in my bio on Twitter. It says, Island Girl Seeking World Domination and Regional Integration. That's my motto. (laughs) That is good. I like the idea of that motto. (laughs) Oh, this has been so good. Like, I kind of want to speak to you both all day about what we could do and about our communities and about the fantastic work that you're all doing. Like, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, I'm really, really excited to do more with Women in Tech Caribbean. Um, I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic and I think it's going to have such an impact on the community I think as well so I'm super excited so what do you guys have to say that could be really inspiring for the people that have listened today I mean I reckon they're already going to be inspired (laughs) but have you got any like one bit of inspiration that you would give to people that you would say to people 
for me, it's definitely, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about doing something and you have a hundred reasons why you probably shouldn't do it, just do it anyways. <laughs> that has been the biggest piece of advice that I've ever gotten that has stuck with me that I apply to everything. Just do it anyways. Just get started. Just do something. If you're thinking about starting a community, for example, just open this Slack account. I mean, it's free or whatever platform you decide to use. It's just go for it. Just do it. Just start it. Start something. It could always grow. It could always iterate. I mean, being a software engineer myself and at agile methodology, that's how you work. <laughs> you know, you start off small and you build on it. You build on it. You build on it. It doesn't have to be perfect right out of the gate. And if it fails, at least it fails early. So you could get out of the way, you realize, oh, that didn't work, and you get on to your next idea. So if you listen to it, the, uh, you, an idea came to your mind when I said that. That idea, do it now. That's great advice. I love that. Oh. <laughs> What's um, yours, So mine, I think there are two. Um, the first would be, and it kind of ties back into what I talked about in my, my Google talk. Um, so the first would be like follow the things that interest you and all the problems that you want to solve. Um, I think for a long time, my own path didn't make sense to me. I kind of, I studied textiles. I worked in education. I studied philosophy. Then I was doing community management and I couldn't see in my head how all of these things fit together. How do I talk about them? How do they make sense as a career path? Until I got into programming and realized much like art and design, you know, you have ideas, you iterate on them, you think about um, what problems you're trying to solve. Um, the logic in philosophy is very much the same as the logic you have for coding, how you uh, put two arguments together and compute them. And when I started to see how all of those things that didn't seem to make sense actually fit together, it's like, oh, okay, that's why I did them. But at the time, they were things which were really interesting to me. Um, and I think if you can find the things that are really interesting to you, whether that's in technology or problems you want to solve with tech, that's always going to lead you to a place that you can learn from. And it might be that you shift and change within that, but you're always going to get something valuable out of that because it actually ties to something you're really driven by. Um, and then my second one with kind of aligns with what um, Janika said, which is don't let the fear of getting it wrong stop you. Um, I think sometimes we, we worry about oh, but what if it doesn't turn out the way that I'm thinking it's going to or I've gotten it wrong. But actually, as you said, you know, you fell early, you learn something from that, you do it slightly differently the next time. But it's better to go into it and find out something than to be like, oh, why didn't I do that? It's kind of seven years later and I still haven't done it yet. And what if? Yeah. Um, because there's seven years of learning that you kind of have, you've, you've missed out on by not just throwing yourself into it. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love both of that. Thank you. I'm I'm really excited now. I kind of feel inspired myself. So what <laughs> what can I do? Maybe maybe I should try and take a break though, so it's fine. But <laughs> thank you both so much for today. Um really, really excited to have people listen to this and be inspired and let's see what communities come out of it. Let's see what ideas come out of it as well. You know, we never know what could happen. Someone could come up with a great idea. So thank you so much for taking part. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you so much. Thanks for the invitation.
Thank you for listening. To find out more about what we do, head to codeinblackfemales.com.